The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in! Touchdown! Parsons has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it into the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company live from the star in Frisco, Texas in the SWBC studios. It is 53-man cut-down week, and we have plenty to talk about trades, cut-downs, and a whole lot more with Nick Harris, John Machota, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing fantastic. Swell. Lots to talk about. Hey, I, I, I like. want to start the show by congratulating Kyle Yeomans and Isaiah Stanback. Emmy Award winners in the building today. High five. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I'm proud of you boys. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you guys. Fellas, Appreciate That's it. Awesome. It is It's such a blessing to be able to do what we do on a daily basis. And peer recognition is is awesome. I really think it's a great thing. And, and the fact that, that Isaiah gets nominated and, and wins for best analyst. I mean, that's long yep. overdue. Um, so let's get the behind the scenes. What were the reactions like? like oh, man. Did you expect to win? Did you, did no, you already I, have a spot I cleared did up? I didn't either. I really didn't. I did not. Yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, this probably sounds bad, but I didn't know the severity or the importance of this entire Emmy thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just didn't. You just I mean, do it to do it. I'm, I'm still relatively new in this industry. He's all right? ball. All yeah, ball. I, really, I mean, Kyle knows me. I'm locked in, man. Like, I just, um, so I like really didn't. Or? I didn't have a speech. No? I literally well, just. he got up and spoke on yeah, a mic. Yeah, I spoke on a mic. I, yeah. I thank, you know, I thank God. I thank my wife. I thank my teammates. Everybody, you know, I consider here my teammates. Yeah. And I, I thank my coach. And that was it. And I was up out of there. Drop the mic. Um, but I did not expect – I really didn't expect it. I was going up against Mark McLemore. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to watch him. I was yeah, a baseball yeah. dude, right? Yeah. So he's playing for the Mariners. I used to go down to the Kingdom, walk down there, oh, and watch right. him play. And we're cool. You know, we, we know each other. But, like, to go against him, now that's kind of it's kind of full circle. But um, but I was just, I was blessed and honored, man. Um, this guy, on the other hand, I fully expected yeah, Kyle, him to win. Kyle came there with, like, a whole sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect this, guys. First off, let me tell you. He actually beamed nope. his, yeah. his, his speech to the teleprompter up <laughs> <Right>. there. <laughs> I, went, uh, I went all the way through that, that day. And first off, uh, credit to my wife. She was like, you know what? You're going and you're wearing a tux. Like, you're, you have a chance to win your first Emmy. I was like, oh, let me just wear, like, a sport coat. Let me just walk in. Like, I didn't really want to really dress up she was like no if you have a chance to win your first emmy you are going to wear a tux and i was like okay fine yes ma'am and then we we got there and and just getting to see everybody there yeah. i mean there's mentors that that i've watched on tv for so long and that uh, i've learned from in my four years here and just uh really looked up to and, and to see them there and and uh, the first person to hug me when I got off stage was Newey Scruggs, yeah, who's, who's of course on the players' lounge, and he's been such a, a blessing for me in in the business and in this whole process. And so, it was really cool. It was yeah, really it was. cool. I didn't have a speech prepared either, um, and they they told us twenty seconds is all you got. So it's like, I mean, and, it was they were quick. Serious, about and they that. they would cut you off with the next <laughs> video if you went over, like for real. So. I went up there and I, I was like, "Yep, wife, yep. coach, God, yep. let me get out of here." Like yep. <laughs> teammates for sure, and uh, yeah, it was it was really fun. So great day, Chris we, Beam. 
Yeah, Beamer, man, Beam for sure. Honestly, that's the MVP. No, there's that's no why, chance. That's why I, I, didn't even, I didn't even think about trying to. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're involved with the teammates. There was Beam. no way to go down the line, and no. in the amount of people that I would have right. to think individually. So, so it was all encompassing in terms of just Bill you know, Belichick, Tom Brady. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> the team. I mean, the team here is ridiculous. You know, and there's a lot of amazing talent that comes through these doors. Obviously, I mean, skills all across the board, and you know, one thing you gotta always remind yourself of is how blessed you are to be in this building and on this platform because mm-hmm. I mean this is the greatest brand in sports and I think a lot of times you know you're going through life and the frustrations happen and all that jazz and you really have to remind yourself where the heck are you at yeah. every day you know and it's it's pretty awesome um, and then to be recognized you know as especially at least for me from my perspective um, as just a young spring chicken just trying to grind it out it was pretty dope it was also cool too that like when we were just walking in here yeah uh, Stephen Jones was walking by in the hallway and I was like, hey, congratulations, Isaiah, whatever. Mm, like, you know, I'm like, he knew, does he know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they know. <laughs> yeah, well, they know. The the cool thing for for me was Isaiah and I really kind of started this journey together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were on Talking Cowboys really together from when we first got on the show. I think I did four shows without you before yeah, you hopped on. It was a on. COVID edition. Yeah, year it, was 2020. Okay. And then we, we hopped on Talking Cowboys, of course – that's kind of stayed the same since, but then we got on pregame later in 2020 when the football season actually began, and we started that TV journey together. And both of our submissions had a lot of pregame in it, a lot of pregame and postgame stuff in it. So uh, the fact that like we kind of came in together and started this journey in 2020 to like win something uh, where we kind of play off of each other on yeah. it was really really cool. So yeah. fun times, but enough about us. Let's talk yep. about the Dallas Cowboys. That's what that's what we're Cowboys? here for. Uh, Let's. Where do you guys want to start? You want to start with the fifty-three man cutdowns? You're wearing your Hunter Lipke North Dakota State green today, I am. Harris. I sure am. I you, you know, I, uh, I started the Hunter Lipke fan club the day <laughs> he got signed, and um, the plane reached new heights yesterday. But no, no, truthfully, thirty thousand or thirty-six thousand. Thirty-six thousand feet. Where? However, Forty-three thousand feet. Forty-three thousand feet. Oh, Bang. I see what you I'll give you there. there. I'll give you that. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I was shocked he made the roster. I, I will say that. I, I thought they were going to take four tight ends and. Three running backs, and I, if you had told me it's going to come down to Sean McEwen or Hunter Lipke, I would have been like, "Oh, okay, McEwen." Yeah. I was I was pretty okay. surprised. I and you know the the more I've been thinking about it, I it makes sense. I guess if you want somebody that still has a ton of upside that can bring more to the offense from a, a skill perspective, then I understand keeping Lipke. Uh, but also, I, I think that's going to show a lot of confidence in Schoonmaker and the fact that he can block for the running game this year. So they must feel pretty good about where he's at with his plantar fasciitis if it is you know uh, overcome. And and uh, they feel pretty good about where, where he is skill set wise too. So it, there was a lot of fascinating things that I think went into that decision. I think that's one of the more interesting ones. My Hunter Lipke fandom aside. <laughs> uh, in addition to 32 roster cuts yesterday, Cowboys put four players on the reserve injured list: uh, David Durden, Demarvian Overshone, John Stevens, Josh Ball. Ball was probably the one that's kind of a bit surprising, but we yeah. talked about it on Monday. He was expected to miss a, a significant amount of time. Let's go through just like a clump of these at a time. We'll start with uh, start with Jabril Cox. I think that's a pretty massive one. I mean, day yeah. two pick, or excuse me, day three pick. Uh, somebody that had high hopes for being in this linebacker core. And Isaiah, I know whenever he was selected, I was very high on him. You really liked what he brought to the table. And then the injuries kind of happened, and it derailed a lot of that production and a lot of that growth early on. Yeah, and I hate it being the guy that, you know, I'm a straight shooter, but I I know you've heard me many times say that knee's just not – not the same. He's not, he's yeah. not what he was, unfortunately. And that sucks because I'm somebody who sustained a lot of injuries. But the reality is once he had that injury, his greatest asset was then – tarnished i mean he could not 
he wasn't as agile as he was. He wasn't as fast as he once was. His his ability to change directions and sink his weight and get out in a power in, power out, it just wasn't there. Um, and I hate that for him. I hate that for him because there's nothing – if he could change it, he would have changed it, you know, but injuries happen. Um, and But the reason why they got him, he was unable to do those same things that they – the reason why they, they attained them in the first place. My biggest surprise with that is just because of how thin they were at linebacker. I was like, even though he hasn't shown that, who do they? Who else do they have now? I, obviously, they can use the safeties and that, <laughs> but it just there's a part of me that's like, man, it just seems thin at that position not to have Jabril Cox yeah. there. So that would be, you know, that that would probably be at the top of my list of of in terms of you know surprises would be that, and then as you mentioned, Lipke and not going with Sean McCune just mm-hmm. because, you know, even when Mike McCarthy talked about yesterday, like saying when, when he was asked about McCune, he was like, yeah, that's, those are the tough ones when you have to sit there and tell a player like, yeah, you did everything we asked you to do, mm-hmm. yeah. but I got to let you go. You mm-hmm. know, that's that, because there's probably a ton of guys you're letting go that you're just like, yeah, but you know, we wanted, we needed you to do this and this and you, and you couldn't do it. But it sounds like with McCune, it was just a numbers thing there. So I would think that he has to be pretty high on their list of guys that they're hoping they can get back. back. And to that point, when we sat down at training camp, I think it was our first um, uh, talking Cowboys in Oxnard. And I kind of brought up how Sean McEwen was what? He was tofu. Yeah. Right? He was a guy who didn't have a lot of flavor to him. He, You know, you can you can make it work. You like tofu. I like tofu. I like, But I season it's mine healthy. up. I season mine it's up. Healthy. You know what I'm saying? Season it a little yeah, bit. Season it a little bit. <laughs> uh, so McEwen just didn't have a lot. To him, but he yeah. was consistent. You know, and Linda Wells has backed that up as well. He's like, man, yeah. you know what you're going to get out of him. I think that decision in regards to Lipke over McEwen came down to the the contributions that will be there on special teams. And I don't think Sean McEwen was as versatile on special teams as Hunter Lipke can be. And that's ultimately what I believe it came down to. Um, reason being, what would you use Sean McEwen for on special teams, aside from field goal protection? Oof. Not a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. You know what you're I mean? asking him to run down. He's not yeah. running downfield yeah. and covering kicks, right? He can't be your personal protector, Mm-mm. right? He can't, you know what I mean? He's just, I mean, so he's very, very limited in that regard. Now, would he be willing? I'm sure. Could he do it? I'm sure. But there's levels to everything. And I think when you take somebody who was a 6'1", 248, 250, whatever he is, okay, who can, that, that frame, can barrel downfield. Yeah, that frame gives you a lot to work with, okay? As a, he could, he could still be um, a wing on a field goal block if you really needed to, field goal protection if you needed to, but he's not going to be there. So field goal, field goal block, he's not going to be your guy. But on all the other things, coverage, coverage, covering kicks, um, punt and kickoff, kickoff return, he's going to be one of the front-line guys or even the back-line guy most likely that can sit back there and be the quote-unquote new version of a wedge. You know, So he can be versatile in those offerings, so he can be one of your core special teamers versus McEwen would not be a core special teamer. And that's the aspect that people are forgetting um, that um, um, Bones Fossil has to have. He has to have six solid guys that he can rely yeah. on in every specialist. That was going to be my next question is, do you think Bones Fossil ultimately made this decision? Yes. You think it was it, they went to Bones and said, okay, we've got a couple guys here. Here's a list of guys. Who do you want out of this list of guys? Who is going to be most productive for you in this situation? Because we feel good at tight end. We've yeah. got Ferguson, Schoonmaker, and, and Hendershot as offensive weapons. Sure, we would like to rotate a guy in there here mm-hmm. and there because they run two tight end sets so often with a guy like Sean McEwen, but Hunter Lipke can do a similar thing. You, I mean, he really kind of to, hybrid it. If you're going to play, is he going to play 20 snaps on offense? No. No. Is he going to play 20 snaps on special teams? Probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and that's again, what it ends up coming down speaking to. Speaking of special teams, real quick, 
were you guys surprised at what happened with Kelvin Joseph? I know when we had talked about cutting down the roster, yeah. possibly not having him on, were you surprised that they were able to get something in return? I want to I want to wait until the second segment for okay. that. Because I want to spend the yeah, whole yeah. segment yeah. on it. Because I just feel like it's, a, it's kind of a notable move. That, it's a very notable move. You know, that it's easy to overlook it because I think a lot of people are like, it's not like they traded someone that you're like, man, I knew for I thought for sure that that guy was going to be on the 53. Mm-hmm. And so we had talked about it, so that's the only reason why I mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, I do want to talk about it significantly. Uh because, I mean, whenever you trade for a former first-rounder for the second time this week, it's yeah. kind of something that, yeah. to talk about. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Then along the lines, kind of going back down the list, I mean, Jabril Cox was a surprise. Sean McEwen was a surprise. Out of the, the names that we listed in our show on Monday, we only got four guys wrong. It was those two. Uh, the third one was Brock Hoffman. We kept Brock Hoffman, even though we, we had kind of a, I don't think a we bubble. Had a, I don't think we I had a sixth have. receiver. Uh, and then we did not have a six receiver. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, we didn't have Brooks. We I think we cut Brooks too. Is yeah, that was the problem. So yeah, if I mean pretty close on what what we thought was going to happen. Did you? But it's not. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. What what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's not fully settled yeah. yet. Right for like, real. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Like there will be a backup center on this roster that is not in this building right now. Right. Right. Good almost... win, right? I mean, good win. That again, I know we'll talk about it, but like yep. especially losing Kelvin Joseph, I don't see how they would. They need C.J. Goodwin. I mean, those are two, their two top gunners mm-hmm. uh, last year were Goodwin and, and uh, Joseph. So And Trensig. And they kept— Oh, yeah, Trensig, too. They're going to bring him back. They kept every single one of their draft picks, too, by the way. Did yeah. you notice that as well? Because yeah. they yeah. kept Miles Brooks—excuse me, uh, not Brian, Miles Brooks. Miles Brooks got cut, Eric unfortunately. Uh, Eric Scott Jr., mm-hmm. and they, got, they brought back Jalen Brooks. I mean, multiple guys— that were late in that draft class. Viliami Fahoko, we kind of knew he was going to be around. But and three undrafted guys. Again, yeah. Again, yeah. the the rookie class mm-hmm. is uh, carries a lot of weight in yeah. this If building. I told you going into camp they keep three undrafted guys, don't you think that either Wheat or Land would be one of those guys? Yes. I think yeah. I would have thought about both of those guys. On the for Land. For Land, that's yeah. right, yeah. I So, interestingly enough— in talking with some of the front office, they had a higher grade on wheat than they did on land, but okay. they had a fifth round grade on wheat. Okay, I mean wow. they were very high on Tyrus wheat. They really liked. I'd like to him. know what their grade was on bass. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that one. I can ask. At the athletic, we lean yeah. heavily on Dane Brugler, and he definitely had a draftable grade. I, re- I had a bass. fifth round grade. On okay, bass. that might have been what uh, yeah. Dane had too. Yeah, he definitely I was really a draftable grade. It was one of those when the draft was over. Like in Dane's draft guide, he was one of the highest guys that were still out there. I'll look into it. I'll yeah. see if I can uh, talk to somebody across the street because yeah. I, I think having Wheat not on this roster kind of shocks me because they were really yeah. high on him out of uh, out of school. And maybe they, they bring him back. I mean, he could be one of those guys that gets lost in the cracks and he goes back to the practice squad and you feel pretty good about him. Uh, but if they felt that good about him and he just ended up slipping through the cracks and got to the undrafted free agent class, they signed him. Is there another one of the 31 teams that was looking at him as an undrafted free agent possibility and then didn't sign him uh, back in April? Yeah. I don't know. My mind automatically goes to some of the strategy that goes into the veterans that can't be picked up on waivers and, you know, that that don't have to try to clear waivers. Some of these younger guys that we thought we had, that we sat here and cut on Monday, but wanted on the practice squad. Some of those guys are retained for now but mm-hmm. may not be by the yep. end of the week. And then, you know, hopefully they slip through the cracks because everybody's not trying to grab 
grab all their practice squad players, you know, at that point in time, and you have a greater probability of a Jalen Brooks or somebody like that being released and being able to get them back because nobody wants to let go of their guys they already signed. Sneak them under yeah, the radar. Yeah, just sneak them I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that still could take place by, what, Friday, I would assume. So I don't know. I, I mean, will say every time I see Isaiah Land's name on Twitter, I, I just want to report the tweet. and be like, get his name off the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tweet about him until noon. Get him uh, out of here. All right, everybody. In Talking Cowboys Nation, no more, no more tweeting about Isaiah Land. we yeah, got to keep him quiet. For at least the next 43 minutes. Let's just, let's yeah. just keep it quiet. So that's when the deadline is, is <laughs> yeah. 43 minutes from now. That's when – what is that deadline exactly? That, that'll be the claim waivers deadline. So anybody that um, is going through the waiver process right now will have to be claimed by 11 a.m. Central Time, and we'll see. I think there's going to be at least two guys that the Cowboys will go after for sure that are that were not on the roster beforehand. Okay, that's what I think. Do you, if that's the case, and I, I agree, and you see anything, say something. Okay, for sure. Everybody that's on Twitter, see something, say something, and, and we could just say reports are. Yes. and we can kind of keep it very generic. But yeah, plenty still moving. The 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 back and forth, the the strategy that's at hand with building this 53 man roster continues to to ebb and flow here this week and then in the middle of the week but when we come back here on talking cowboys we alluded to it the cowboys trade for a former first rounder for the second time this week i can't wait to hear you pronounce the name noah igbenogany okay you've worked i've got you (laughs) i got my 2020 draft class back here all right when we come back with more on talking cowboys todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. By the way, send us a text. 817-290-3298. Shoot your text messages this direction. Ask us about the roster. Ask us about the roster building. Any question is good, especially if it comes to where Isaiah got his tux the other day for the Emmy nomination in the Emmy Award show, because I want to know as well. So he's got something in the chamber, Kyle. Yeah, got something as ready in, to go. As in a rental, or this is a <laughs> rental? What? Okay. I scour the universe for suits and tuxes, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he actually. I just don't have enough important things to go to to, to own a tux. I like you, to have a. I like to have a few suits, but. I yeah. just don't feel like I do enough that I could utilize the tux enough. I actually but. went shopping yesterday. Just, you know, there's a couple of spots I go to. Listen, for everybody that needs suits or tuxes. Are you about to give a this, plug? I, I'm not, I'm, no, 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 I'm not going to a plug. I'm That's not getting insane. paid by nobody. No, but <laughs> there, there are a couple of spots that you go to right now. If you want to pay for your boy, I'll give you a shout out. Uh, this is the time of year for those that need suits. Okay. <laughs> this is when you go and you look for suit deals because they're transitioning seasons. They're going from summer to fall and they have to get rid of stuff mm. so you go during this time you go to your local suit stores whatever those are okay and that's when you go straight to the day like how can i help you today um where are your sales <laughs> and you go there and you get everything for the low low cow for the low low for the low low i'm glad you're back here on talking fashion yeah. uh <laughs> wow yeah the low low the low low you know the only. Thing, I didn't get an invite to go shopping. Listen, the only thing I'm, I, I did it right for our, our picture. Where yeah, the okay. heck were you at? By the way? I was moving. Ah, I had to. I had to pack the boxes. Get a new house. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. There's Isaiah looking fresh as always. Discount baby. I dare you to wear a suit on Friday to the show. Nope, not doing it. Not I'll do wear it. one tomorrow, but not. Did you, you'll wear one tomorrow. Yeah, fine. All right. <laughs> Noah Igbenogany is now a piece of the Dallas Cowboys secondary. Cowboys trade former second-round pick Kelvin Joseph, second-round pick in 2021 to the Miami Dolphins, just a straight-up cornerback trade. And and really, it was a similar situation, but just one more year down the line and one more round up for Igbenogany as opposed to Kelvin Joseph because he was drafted in 2020. He was a first-round pick and then turns around and, and is in – Miami and a crowded secondary, and they were looking at ways to to either cut him, release him, or trade him. And Dallas said, "Well, let's let's see if a change of scenery can help both of these teams out." But I really like the deal overall because you don't necessarily lose anything except for one of those fifty three roster spots. That's the only thing I think you might lose in this scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think instead, if they were wanting to uh, cut Kelvin Joseph, instead of cutting him, 
you get a guy for him and uh, a guy who was a former first round pick as you said probably a guy that probably should have been in the second round coming out of that 2020 sure. draft but nevertheless he got late first uh Noah Igbenogany he's uh he's still 23 uh he's younger than Kelvin somehow um and uh I I, I like it because like you said there's nothing to lose if it doesn't work out then okay then you know you'd lost the roster spot that you were going to give up anyway if it does work out then everyone looks smart and everyone's happy I, I think for Igbenogany you know he's more of a boundary guy Kelvin was more of an inside guy it's going to work out great for Kelvin in Miami Mm -hmm. because they need an inside guy to kind of fill in and play some time there he's going to get a ton of reps this year he he will be playing on Christmas Eve if he's healthy knock on wood Um, and then Noah Igbenogany he will be able to sit behind Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs which you know just depending on how long Stephon Gilmore is here who knows by the time that he's you know getting to his father time Noah Igbenogany is ready to step in so I I, I don't hate the move and you know if you're you're thinking um, optimistically then it works out Uh, but if you're thinking pessimistically which is honestly probably the more realistic option at times then probably you see Noah Igbenogany not working out down the line uh, just because of what he's not been able to do on the field as a first round pick for Miami but I I think uh, I I think if you're thinking optimistically then this is a good good trade here yeah it seems like both teams are trying to maybe get somebody that can jumpstart their career with just a change of scenery you know hey this isn't working out here this isn't working out here let's try and make a move and maybe it'll work out for at least one of the two. I just keep going back to that 2020 draft because there was just such an emphasis on getting a corner. Yeah. And and I remember just all those mocks leading up to that draft that, you know, you got a top 10 pick. You're gotta, you got to be able to get Sertan or, or, or JC Horn out of that. And then they bo- go, both go boom, boom right there. And then you just have to, I guess, deal with taking Micah Parsons and just see, <laughs> so it, darn. Make, make the best of it. But it just felt like after that, it was like they were trying to really get a corner no matter how whoever it was going to be with that second-round pick, hoping that you get the same return on investment they did when they got Trayvon Diggs, and that just never worked out. So I think for them to get something, uh, even even if this doesn't work out, it, it's better than just you know outright releasing him. Yeah, and uh, some of the guys that corner that went after Kelvin Joseph, there was only one other corner taken oh, yeah. in the second I'm round. I'm a huge Florida State football fan. I so. really, <laughs> but I know I, his size doesn't fit what the, they were looking for. The size so. wasn't what they wanted, but yeah. I wanted him so bad, and it was Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State, and yeah. he was the only other second round corner that year. After that, uh, Paulson Adebo, corner from Stanford, went in the third round. Uh, a little bit further down, there was a run of corners later after Nation Wright. Actually, it was then Nation Wright. Uh, followed by Afitu Melifanwu from Syracuse Dang. and oh, yeah. Brandon Stevens from SMU. Those You're were... good at this pronunciation thing. It makes man. me yeah, yeah, do a lot of research. Yeah. Really the, I, I never, I I never thought of Calvin Joseph as being like I a first-round quality player. Like, <laughs> no. say you know how some people say, talked? Igbenogany, go for it. Say it. <laughs> no, but, but you know, going right, in the though. draft, people talked a little bit about he had like first-round. T- I just never saw that. I, I didn't either, you know? and honestly, let me go to my grade. I, I keep all my grades for all these guys. I had, yeah, I had Kelvin Joseph as the seventeenth ranked corner in that class. So that's corner, what, third, mid third, late third. That's like late fourth, late fourth. Okay. Yeah, like one one nineteen. I figured it was late third. Was his was overall grade? Class, but yeah, I had See, my my I had top... ranked one nineteen. The one thing I liked about him was his speed. He ran a four three four with a one four four split. So my whole thing about when it comes to like the pre draft stuff is it just you just don't really know what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. like you know you can watch a player in that but you don't know what it could be off the field other stuff like that and clearly the teams have that advantage to get the chance to meet with guys and things like that yeah. i remember multiple people went from the cowboys organization you know to kentucky uh to to scout him i want to say dan quinn went maybe I, dan went with will i think he did because they got bohanna and calvin out of that yep yeah. i think you're right 
Yeah. I think that part, was a tough year to draft too, though, because that was coming off the COVID year. I don't. There was no combine. No combine, mm-hmm. right? I, no yeah. combine. One that, of our writers at the Athletic wrote about that with the Lance thing. That yeah, maybe it was a bad time for uh, one of our Niners writers wrote about that. Like, yeah, this might have been a bad time to gamble on a quarterback to trade three first round picks just because yeah. there was so much uncertainty going into that draft class. Yeah, and he has such limited experience yeah. too. It's it's fascinating to me. What do you guys think about? Igbenogany and, and kind of the rotation there now because Nation Wright is still on this team. Uh, you have uh, on the back end Izzy Mukwamu still on this team. You have some boundary guys. I know Mukwamu plays both, but do you feel like he can find a way into the rotation as a guy like this, or are they going to try and fit him into that rotation? With uh, now that Kelvin's gone, are they going to force some of the Igbenogany opportunities? <sighs> Maybe I don't know. I, I think. <clears throat> I don't know. I think some of these guys, again, it just goes to the specialists because you have your solid three DBs for this team. And then you have a horde of safeties. So you're on the field with six DBs most of the time. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to break that rotation. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just really is because those guys aren't really rotating out. They're not coming off the field. They're almost like old linemen. They just don't really come out, at least at the quarterback position. So um, I think, you know, obviously depending on the health of Jay Lou. Um, that's obviously going to play a part into some of these guys' opportunities as well, um, how long it takes for him to really touch the field. Um, but I think aside from their fourth guy up, if you have to talk about, yep. like, well, who's the fourth guy to touch the field at the cornerback position, I think I have to go with probably Nation until Jay Lou gets healthy. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I think he would play by necessity, Igbenogany. Yeah. And I'd, hopefully that necessity is not experienced. <laughs> Yeah, because that would take a couple of guys getting injured. I think. I think that would mm-hmm. take one of either Trayvon or Stefan, and then Nation Wright. So I think I can say again. I know it keeps saying, but special teams like both also. I think had his yeah. hand on a lot of these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really believe that because he lost. Like we, I mentioned it before, he lost two core special teamers: Luke Gifford last year, Noah Brown last year, and then you Kelvin Joseph this year. Those are three of his six core special teamers. And he's probably hoping for something out of uh, Demarvion Overshone too. Absolutely, yeah. I, I know you do. I talked yeah. to him about it a couple weeks ago. He was heartbroken. He had taken yeah. that Gifford role for yeah. sure. Yeah. Hey, so who takes those roles in your opinion? We got Jalen Brooks that probably takes the Noah Wanye. Brown role. Wanye, yeah, yep, Wanye's that guy, and but Bell. Wanye yeah. Bill, both of yeah. those guys both of them are here. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. So they still went heavy in safety and, and corner. Like, secondary was heavy, kind of like what we expected. I mean, we took 12 guys between the two, and they ended up with 13, yeah. right? I mean, because they the ended up with all the man. guys. The versatility. Yeah. That, with that size, you could do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could do a lot. I mean, that's why I mean, all the injuries I sustained, I was able to keep jobs just because of the versatility. If you are if you have good size, you got speed, and you, and you, and you are willing to go out there and, and put your head in there and get some contact, you're going to have plenty of opportunities. So are we seeing the NFL, you know, how there's obviously the devaluing of the wide receiver, I mean, the running back position? Like, how, how like is it going to start affecting linebacker like this? Because, like, you know, J. Ron Curse is talking mm-hmm. in the locker room today about how, you know, the way that everyone's spreading you out nowadays in the NFL, you're getting more and more safeties in there. Is it going to start getting to a point where like teams just really have two or three traditional linebackers and then have it's, a bunch of DB type guys like that? It's all predicated on the type of offenses that you're seeing now. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was run heavy. Yeah. 
So you needed big you needed boys. You needed big linebackers. Right? Now yeah. this, it's the league's pass heavy. So you don't need as many big guys because you have to be able to cover, you know, yeah, Kyle wide Pitts receivers. And yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So yeah. the game's so changed. Now you yeah. can say those are directly connected, yep. honestly, yeah. because the devaluation of the running back position leads to the devaluation of the linebacker position. It all, it also goes back to the big nickel. You think about yep. the, the, the way that teams run the big nickel now, like it's a, just a normal base right. defense, as opposed to 10, 15 years ago. Teams didn't run the big nickel, but at all, unless it was yeah. a specific scheme. And now it's almost a normal thing in the NFL right. because of the way the tight ends are utilized and the versatility of the passing game. And and honestly, I think it also has to do a lot with a lot with the RPO too, and the way that the run pass option has come into play. Because if you talk about the RPO, linebackers need to read for like one or two plays, and then the rest of it, it's the, the secondary. That's who's really doing a lot of the reading and a lot of the covering. It was it was interesting today, like when Mike McCarthy was out there with Trey Lance, they were they were working on a little bit of that. A little about, RPO. About, yeah, about how, yeah. how they like to hold the ball and like if in their style and then pull it back and things like that. It was interesting. That is super interesting. Uh, one last thing on Noah Igbenogany. Have you all ever just gone back and looked at the 2020 draft class of corners and how odd this was? No, I'm just gonna go. Right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna go down the list. These are the guys that I had them ranked. This isn't the way that that they went, but you'll recognize some of the guys. Jeff Okuda Oof. already traded mm. him. Goodness, did mm. not work. Top top ten pick. I thought he was gonna be. I thought he was a dude. I had him as a number pro by now. <laughs> number five overall player. Uh, C J Henderson. Yeah. Oof. Mm. Jeff Gladney, the late Jeff Gladney. Uh, Christian Fulton, he's been okay. He's yeah. been okay in the league. A J Terrell has been great. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs has been great. Then it goes Damon Arnett, oof, Jalen Johnson, oof, Cameron Dantzler, and Noah Igbenogany. Goodness. So uh, just uh, just a roller coaster of co- corners at this point in, in that 2020 draft class that just didn't work out. That was also the same draft class that the Cowboys took Reggie Robinson the second in the fourth round. So just oh yeah, keep I forgot about him. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. I don't know. Hey, Definitely did anybody else care? I, I know I did about Will Greer getting choose, signed. Yeah, but he chose not to come back here, right? Isn't that a practice squad? You get to choose where you go. It's not that's not a pickup. You get the your agent calls you. I think that he I think he got claimed. So I don't think I don't know if he has a say in that. I could be on wrong. Practice squad? I could be wrong. If yeah, that's he gets true. claimed, you so that's what true Patrick that, that it isn't on their fifty three. Yeah, so yeah, practice squad. You get to choose. Yeah, Patrick Walker told me earlier in the week that you, if you're claimed off waivers, you can either go there or stay where you're at. Now, don't come at me. Come at, come at no seat. But he signed but, a, but yeah, he signed yeah, a yeah. Cincinnati. But practice your point, squad. yeah. Right. So he so he chose so he to chose go to, to go to Cincinnati. But, yeah. that, but that makes sense. Why yeah. he be four here? I understood. Yeah. But I'm saying, but after Coach McCarthy's comments about how he would love but to have, have Will him, Greer yeah. back, yeah. But I know I get it. I get it. I just thought that was interesting because Will Greer had a, probably had a chance to come back here, and he was like, "Yeah, no, nah, appreciate it, Coach, but now nah, I'm yeah. good. I'm going over here." Yeah, I'm looking at Cincy's depth chart. I was trying to do the same. Uh, yeah, he'll be three. I can't think who their backup is, but he won't be. The, I don't think I he's going to be I want to say it's one of those career backups, one of the long. Yeah, Jake Browning. So yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. I was about to say, let's go. <laughs> but that's the only like I said, career backup. Uh, <laughs> that's all he was. He was primed to Browning do after not, He does not fit the mold of a. That's the second best Washington quarterback I know. <sighs> yeah. Defy Jake Locker was I was great. about to say, Eaton Jake was Lock- really good. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm calling War Moon right now. Damn. <laughs> All right, wow. let's let's take our second break. Uh, yeah, Jake, I'm calling. Send us a text. We're going to answer some questions when we come back on the Cowboys podcast. Text line 817-290-3298. Shoot us a text message when we come back on Talking Cowboys. 
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. John Machota, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. A uh, couple text line Questions popping in, or not even just a question on this one. 817-290-329X, or 98 is the text line. Sorry, I was reading ahead. Elon Musk is taking over Kyle's brain. 817-290-3298 is the Cowboys text line. Uh, The 401 says, congrats, Isaiah and Kyle. Beam is the MVP. Uh, He said, just have a comment for you guys. Mike McCarthy loves the fullback. No way Hunter Lipke wasn't making this team. That's George from Rhode Island. Fans since 1981. My argument would be then, why would you play a guy that much in that last preseason game? Because mm. that last preseason game is tricky because there's sometimes where you're playing a guy a lot because you want him to show you something, but then there's other guys like, Hiding. I'll give you a good example, like Jalen Brooks, you don't think he needed to play? Like, like I don't know, Like I felt like they, now looking back on it, knowing what we know, they're probably like, yeah, we, we've seen enough there, but... I don't. I just don't think they let Lipke play that much. If it was like, oh no, no, we already know that you're on the roster. Yeah. I think that the way he played in that game worked his spot. Yeah, in. I, I completely agree with you because I think more so than anybody else in that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he said it. He said it. <clears throat> McCarthy said that. I think you you also play the factor of when when he had the start to camp. There was a lot of. I mean, there were expectations. I really liked Hunter Lipke too, but. The expectation was that he was going to be a versatile, athletic blocker slash well-rounded receiver and yada, yada, yada. He could do a whole lot of different things. And then he just never really could show the balance or the vision or whatever it ended up being in these practices to show, hey, he's worth 
taking one of those 53 roster spots. And then the way he played with Will Greer in that final preseason game was finally a, an aha, like, oh, that's yeah. that's what we were looking for. Like, that's the moment we were looking for. You and I were sitting in the booth, and we were kind of joking with each other back and forth, like, he's going to mess around and make this team, but I, I don't know if we really believed that until, like, the second half, whenever it was yeah. like, okay, I think he actually is going to play in and make his make his way onto the team. When he had those back-to-back receptions that yeah. eventually led into the touchdown, that that's when I was like, okay, he's at least cemented a practice squad spot. Sure. I But it still surprised me that he made the 53. Same. It still surprises me. Uh, but it, having a fullback like John Kuhn, when Mike McCarthy had that during his <laughs> days at Green Bay, that just wants you that, that wants you feeding in for the next one. He wants it back. <laughs> Got to find a way. Yeah. Well, well, and also, thing back. <laughs> exactly. Also, you know, parting ways with Ezekiel Elliott mm. yep. took away one of your bigger backs like that that you could use in goal line situations, short yardage stuff like that. So, I know we had talked about before, like back when we were out in Oxnard, about mm-hmm. the whole idea of like if they don't have one of these bigger backs, are they going to get? Some, maybe they think that from what they've seen from him, he can fill yeah. a little bit of that role. I'll tell you this: if Hunter Lipke scores a touchdown this year, I'm going to be ruthless the next day on the show. <laughs> oh, I am going to be unbearable. <laughs> Can you get a jersey? Uh, is Just it, like a North Dakota Jays? Yeah, yeah we'll make it work. <laughs> Now uh, that he made the 53, it's in the works. It's already done. Oh, no. <laughs> I just love fullbacks. I'm a big fullback. Uh, you guy. are a fullback stand. Who's your fullback. favorite fullback? Um, I really like Juszczyk. And that's probably recency bias, but I, I love Juszczyk. I really do. <laughs> Man, I grew up around the whole Daryl Moose Johnston, Tom Rathman. Yeah. Like, it was just such a big part of whenever, you know, Cowboys, Niners and that. I don't. I, I feel bad for you though, because I think the game's going away from that. It is. It, it is. is. That's why I love them so much. There's, it's, yeah. uh, to be able to find a niche in this league at, at a position like that, it's tough. It's a throwback. It's tough. It's yeah. Throwback. All right, Anthony from Seattle, up there in the Pacific Northwest. He says, "What decisions do you think the team will make once Ronald Jones is off suspension, especially if the running backs currently perform well?" Isaiah, what do you think about the running back position? Because Ronald Jones is still sticking around, at least at the moment. At least at the moment. Quick question: Is he counting towards the fifty-three? I think he has to. He, ha- he is yeah. right. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I really don't. I don't see a role currently for him. Um, I also don't see them carrying all these running backs. So yeah. Yeah. something's going to happen over the next few days, I feel. And I'll just stand by. And okay. In the position group? In that position group. You're not keeping all those guys. Yeah, absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. They kept four of the five. The only one that they cut was Malik Davis. Yeah. That was it. That's a lot. Yeah. You think? I mean, right now you got TP, Jones, mm-hmm. um, Rico, yep. Deuce, Lipke. Mm-hmm. That's true. I didn't even count Lipke. In <laughs> you're, the not keep, you're not keeping five guys in that room. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah, that's not yeah. going to happen. Uh, all right, what about this one? This is from Big Time Cowboy Fan. That's that's his name. From Longview, East Texas. Hey, your, your roots. Uh, have you guys heard of any offensive linemen that they may sign? You talked about a couple names. Maybe not specific names. Eighteen minutes, but yeah, we got we got eighteen minutes to this deadline. Do you think the Do you think the offensive line is a spot where they will add talent? They will go and add somebody up front. Um, just I, just on your inkling. Just uh, you're, are you asking for a name or are you no? For just a position? the position group. In it's center, center for sure. Okay. Yeah, one thousand percent center. Yeah, go and get a backup center. Yeah. Do you have any names? I don't. Okay. Just I do not to make sure. John, but I, I do feel for the scouts who do know the names because they were up all night this past night. I yeah, do feel for those guys. No I got some sleep. Uh, tra- Travis Frederick. I don't have anybody. <laughs> now that would be nice. Uh, okay, here's here's a good one. How about this? This is Dano 
says, he's from the 203, says, very surprised to see that Neville Gallimore stuck around. Is he missing something? He said, am I missing something? Uh, he had a really chart, good I feel like. I mean, they needed another we, tackle that's, I mean, Mozzie and Hankins fit together, and mm-hmm. there really wasn't anybody else yep. behind Osa, so he's your next guy up. And also, man, like, we talked, we've talked many a times about how hard it is to find backup, like, offensive linemen. Nobody's letting good defensive tackles go. No. Like, you're not going to find somebody out there on the... I mean, to be honest with you, I was pretty surprised that they were able to get Hankins last year. Like, like, I mean, for what they gave up for him and then the impact that he had, I mean, that's... I think that's been a pretty good value as long as he can stay healthy. So... Defensive tackle is just a tough spot. So and Gal- Gallimore's an agile. He's, yeah. he's a yeah. big. He's a big boy, especially when he's healthy. He's yeah. full. He's, so he's full. Hundred percent. Best of both worlds. I mean, you know, you got Oso who's getting there. He's a penetrator. You know, create some disruption in the backfield. But Gallimore can clog things up, and he can get vertical, and he can run some stuff down. So he's I mean, got he's, really good aerodynamics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it was going to come down to Gallimore and Bohanna, yep. and Gallimore had a really good camp. He did. For for if you were looking at that battle, Gallimore won that for sure. Yep. So it doesn't surprise me that he made it by any means. Uh, Jason from Pennsylvania says, can players be added to the practice squad throughout the year if injuries add up? Yes, you can. You can add and drop from the practice squad as the year goes along. So that's a, that's a good question. But, yeah, it's 16 men, and then you can elevate two right yeah. per week, but you can only do that for each player three times. Three so times you get yeah. three elevations from the practice squad. At least that's squad. how it was last year, unless there's been a rule unless change. Unless they switched it. I don't think they have. I think that a lot of that was switched during the COVID year, and then they kept it, and it's been that way ever yeah. since. So, uh, yes, Jason, you can, you can add and, and subtract. This is from the 469. It says, Rocho doesn't count toward the 53-man roster. He's on the suspended list. But I don't... He definitely doesn't count for the 53. They have already have 53 guys in the roster. And Rojo doesn't, isn't one of those. No. So you can put somebody on the suspended... I haven't dealt with this in a long long time. It has to be just because he was suspended before. But no, I mean, like, I... Counted. Right when they did all the roster cuts, I... Listed every all fifty three guys in there, and I I did not have him as yeah. one of them. Gotcha. Okay. So there's your clarification. Yeah. I did. Like I said, we haven't had to deal with the suspended list. What was his name? This is uh, Rojo. I, or no? Who? who was oh, the... sorry. <laughs> For, it was just from the four six nine. Oh, shut up, four six nine. Thank yeah, you, man. Four six nine, doing a great <laughs> job. Uh, but yeah, so there's a couple roster cuts and questions along the way and we'll continue to break it down i mean when we get back on the air on friday we will have plenty more to talk about absolutely there's going to be more movement more uh studying to be done i'm going to do a film study on noah igbenogany and what he did in miami because i'd be lying to tell you if i watched this i'm gonna do a pronunciation study and get this done. say it i'm not gonna say come on i gotta work on it there is a youtube video that uh, nope it pronounces his name perfectly okay yeah okay ready for him too Ig. B B na na ga ga ni ig na oh. nope. ig benogany ig iggy iggy I'm confident iggy and izzy on iggy the side. Izzy. I'm confident that I'll get it down just because to me the most difficult name I've ever seen was Antetokounmpo. Oh yeah, and I was like, but you know what? He's gonna be good for a long time. I'm just gonna keep saying. I'm gonna keep saying. I'm gonna keep saying. And eventually, you know, he's become like a household name. But the first time I saw that on the back of a jersey, I was like, oh, I got no man. chance at this thing. You know, what was really difficult for me in my recruiting days was DJ Uyunglele. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uyunglele. And having yeah. to spell that as well. So, yeah, yeah that, that one I had recruit. to get down. And there's I like six of them. Yeah, there, like, he has a lot of brothers. Yeah. And he has a lot of brothers <laughs> that are really good. So I had to deal with that name for a long time. Yeah. Albert Say it again. <laughs> Uyunglele. Yeah. I thought it was Uy. Yeah, I did too. Uyunglele? Yeah. 
I always said Yui. So oh, there's no. a lot of people oh, that oh, say it all different ways, man. Oh, Alberto Cuevanom, who's now a free agent tight end. Alberto. Okay. Yeah. Jared Sotolamakia. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that's a big throwback. There you go. How about that? Yeah. Some, Let's just start break. naming names. That's what dudes can do is yeah, sit one. around a table and just name old athletes. We have a lot of Polynesian guys in college. Yeah. I'm telling you, the first one I thought of when you, like, we were talking on the break in that Washington thing was Marcus Tui Asasopo. Oh, that was it. That was it. So we got had, some names. We had a dude named Tui Ali Ali Falaula. Oh, damn. But you can pronounce that? Yeah, that's my brother, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my brother. He said he's he teammates. Up in the Pacific Northwest. He was teammates. This is man. what I do. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh, Bill Kilmer, <laughs> Sonny Jurgensen, Joe Theismann. Are these all Washington quarterbacks? No. I don't. I think they're Washington commanders. Yeah, commanders yeah, yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, 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 but we're yeah. talking about U Dub. And then he, yeah. then he said Warren Moon at the end. So I think that's right. I think he flipped it. Warren that was one of the texts over that's here. The, that's the, the goat goats. of all goats. Oh, absolutely. At, at U Dub, right? Absolutely. Warren? Yes. I mean, we were walking around Warren, Seattle. Napoleon Kaufman. Not even a question. <laughs> it was the Steve Atman. Nice, Steve, yeah. <laughs> Can you get Warren Moon on the show one day? Probably. Can you do that for Oh, us? you guys are friends like that? There's only. Three of us, four of us in history at the school. We stay pretty close. Damn, to that's awesome. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, Friday. I'm talking Cowboys. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's cool. All right, let's. Uh, we'll. Uh, that's it for us. Let's go. Dang it, he's 45 minutes. I know it's very quick. <laughs> Every time we get into it, I feel like we can keep going. Dang, nabbit. But that does it for us here today. We'll be back on Friday. It is 10 a.m. Right? As far as I know, yes. Yes, there's nothing going on Friday. So yes, today. Sweet. Yeah. 10 a.m. Central Time on Friday. Glad you've been able to join us. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you on Friday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?